Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petropolis, here with the only two twins that are getting you ready for the second slate of games after the Thanksgiving extravaganza that, if you're listening to this, we have seen already. Just a precursor. We're recording this on Wednesday night at 8.09 p.m. Uh, exact time. So uh, stay with us on our Twitter at Brodo Fantasy and on the website brodofantasy.com for uh, anything you need going up to Sunday. We will be live on that. Michael and Jason, say what up to the people and we'll get started. Yo, yo. yo. I'm All right. Peace tomorrow. In I'm fantasy ready. and at the dinner table. Right. <laughs> the Brodo okay. Fantasy Podcast. That's feast. Feeling okay. Feeling alright. Feeling okay. I've been up high. I've been all the way. So again, we're recording on Wednesday, so we're gonna we have twelve games to get through today, which is a shit ton of games. We usually have about eight or seven games, and we can go for an hour twenty. So we're gonna try not to do that, but we're still gonna hit every single fantasy viable player. So we are going to be in in just rapid fire pace today. Are you ready to go, guys? Born ready. No. Yo, by the way, yes, the. Uh, the turkey Boston story that Jason hated got some love on Twitter, so Jason showed love for it. And Michael now has wasted 20 seconds of our time on this podcast. Anyway, <laughs> let's let's go on to the first game. Uh, the Giants at the Eagles is the first game. Let's start with the Giants. Uh, OBJ has had a couple of nice games. Uh, Saquon Barkley continues to be a beast. Those two guys are must-starts in your lineup. Uh, is there any guys that you are avoiding for the Giants in this game? I know, Jason, you've been the Sterling Shepard and and, uh, and Brandon Ingram. Just Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, sorry, hater. I mean, factor. Uh, I speak facts, and it just comes out as hate because they're not the fantasy viable players. I told people not to fall for the trap last week. People fell for the trap. Some people are ranking him as wide receiver, too. It was unbelievable. I'm going to say it again. Seems like a good matchup. I don't care. I'm not starting Sterling Shepard. He has, he has five total targets the last two games. I'm not starting Evan Ingram. He ran eight routes last week. Eight routes. What are you going to do with that? Uh, but I expect, again, a big day from Barkley and OBJ. The Eagles are allowing nearly four red zone trips per game. That's a bottom three in the league. If the Giants get in the red zone, it's going to be Barkley who runs it in or OBJ who catches it. So, uh I like those two, and I think that Eli is even a safe quarterback two option. I have him ranked in the 15 to 17 range. Michael, Eli has been fantasy viable the last few weeks. How do you feel about him as a streamer for a guy that, say, is starting Mitch Trubisky? No. Simple as that. I'm not trusting Eli Manning. He's not – I have him as my 21st quarterback this week. I'd rather take a shot on guys like Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson – I'd even take Nick Mullins against Tampa Bay over Eli. Eli's just not someone I'm going to trust. Over on the Eagles side, we have uh, the backfield seems to be Josh Adams' backfield. He had more snaps than both Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood combined last week. Uh, first of all, how much do you like Josh Adams going forward? And second of all, do you think that he actually took took 100% of that backfield? So I think uh, Josh Adams, the hype is getting a little bit too much. Like, I was just asked a question on Twitter about Brita or Josh Adams. Nah, come on. Because uh, they were both free agents in a league. And, like, a different fantasy source said, oh, that's really close. Honestly, it's not close at all. You got to pick up Matt Brita. 
he he locked down in that backfield. And as we know, the Eagles mix and match with their running backs. I do believe Josh Adams has the chance and the opportunity to run away with the backfield, but that's not what happened yet. He was supposed to get a bigger workload last week, and he got seven rushes. Yes, he was super efficient and effective with it, but that was the case. So I think people are a little too early on the Josh Adams type train. Let this week play out. The Giants are the Giants are um, not great against the run. They were a lot better against the run before they traded Snacks Harrison. So it's not a bad matchup for Josh Adams, but I'm not trusting him as a top 24 running back this week. I would I will use him in my flex though. What about the wide receivers uh, for for the Eagles? No one has really been fantasy viable outside of Alshon Jeffrey. Even Alshon Jeffrey had an off game the last few games. Uh, are you starting to worry about Alshon Jeffrey falling out of that wide receiver two category and into a high bust potential kind of guy? Because he's been shitting your team the last few weeks if you haven't. I mean, he's basically been a touchdown dependent wide receiver three for uh, a little bit now, and that's probably the area where he should be. Uh, in a week <clears throat> with so many buys, he's going to be ranked in the wide receiver two range. He's probably going to be started as wide receiver two. Uh I mean, the last time he played the Giants, he had two touchdowns against them. Janoris Jenkins has given up seven touchdowns on the season. That's a good amount. So I think Jeffrey can still be played this week with some buys. Uh, but I'm not, not loving it. Of course, uh, he hasn't been great lately, and I'm not loving Golden Tate either. He's more of a dart throw type wide receiver three. He's run 15 and 27 routes with the Eagles. The offensive coordinator said it's been hard to acclimate him into the offense. He's not really a red zone threat. So you got to hope that he's tops in the team in targets every week if you want him to be productive. The Giants do struggle with the wide receiver out of the slot, 28th in, de in defensive efficiency against the wide receiver out of the slot. Um, Michael, are you taking a chance on Golden Tate this week? And also, while you're at it, Zach Ertz. We, gotta be, we don't got to be worried about him, right? He's bouncing back. Uh, so Golden Tate, it's super risky to trust him this week after – the bad last couple weeks and then like Jason said the OC saying that it's hard to get him acclimated in the offense but with the landscape I, the wide receiver landscape this week I do have him as my wide receiver 36 so if I have people in that range I'd take the chance on him but definitely wouldn't want to if I had the option and uh Zach Ertz the Giants are awful against tight end so I expect Zach Ertz to bounce back in a big way I think once is going to lean on him a lot this game against the Giants so he, he's my tight end one. Fire him up as per usual. Let's talk about Wentz. Had a terrible game last week, but he's Carson Wentz. Where do you guys have him on your quarterback rankings this week? I am uh, in the minority here. I have him at, I believe, number three. Yeah. Uh, I do not like a lot of the matchups for the top flight guys this week. Um, For example, Ben on the road against Denver, Rivers versus Arizona, Rodgers and Tom Brady. So I have Wentz at three. He was trending up before last game. Let's assume last game was a blip on the radar. Uh, he had scored at least 18 points in every game after he came back from injury after that first one. The Giants, D, people think they've been better, but uh, every quarterback they faced has put over up over 350 yards unless their name was Nick Mullins and Alex Smith recently. So I think that uh, it's going to be a good game for Wentz. He's going to bounce back and get you around 25 points. Jeez Louise. <laughs> I mean, I have once as my quarterback nine. I expect a solid game from him, but not. He was putting up twenty five a week before the stinker last week. I mean, it's not like the Giants have a. They've been above average against QBs. Yeah, uh, but I'm saying recently only because they've been playing bad quarterbacks. 
All right, we'll see. I, I do think he's a quarterback one, but I mean, I'll bet you he's not a top five quarterback this week. Why, why do we got to bet on everything? Why can't I just rank Carson once three and think he's going to have a good no, yo, You'll get out of this with your complaints. Right? Why you got to be shit? You bet. You bet. You got to bet everything. You bet. You're wasting time in a day we have to go through 12 games. Just take it. Because odds are he's not top five. Not odds are no quarterback is top five. Betting on any quarterback to be top five is a bad move. Top five in the league or top five quarterbacks? Quarterbacks, what do you mean? Right. You mean what do you mean? All right, stick by your rankings, bro. You have me third. Bet on. All right, man. Fine, I'll take the bet. I'm waiting for Jason. That's right, and I, I don't want Jason. I want. I want to go against you too, Michael, because I want to show confidence in my bro, Jason. Jason, I got you. Carson Wentz, QB one this week. Well, well that's silly of you, but all right. So the reason why we can waste a little time is because this game next is a waste of time. Jaguars at Bills. Sit your Bills. Sit your Bills. Huh? And uh, honestly, sit your Jaguars outside of Fournette. Sit your Jags. Yeah, I mean, are you playing anyone in this game outside of Fournette? Maybe Shady if you have to? I uh, am not playing Shady McCoy. Absolutely not. He's been bad in bad spots this year, and the Jaguars are a bad spot. The only person I'm starting in this game is Leonard Fournette. Since he came back from injury, he's led the league in touches. So he's right back to where he used to be. I think that the only other receiver in this game that you can consider playing is D.D. Westbrook, just because he's going to be working out of the slot, so we won't be seeing Tredavious White. Uh, Bortles has to throw to someone. So if you want to put Westbrook in as your flex, uh, I won't kill you if you if you have some bye week injuries. But I'm not trusting anyone else in this game. Yeah, they showed such a lack of confidence of Blake Bortles last week. He threw 18 times at 10 completions for 104 yards. And even at the end of the game with a two-touchdown lead against Pittsburgh, they just ran the ball repeatedly. They had third and, like, 10 in a big spot in the game, and they just handed it off to Leonard Fournette and conceded a punt, and they ended up losing the game. So they, they've lost all hope in Blake Bortles, so I'm not trying to trust any of his receivers. Let's move on to a game where we have two quarterbacks that no one has lost hope for. Real quick, though. Go ahead. Uh, I do have Zay Jones as my 50th receiver. So we talk about every fantasy-relevant player. He went off with Matt Barkley last week. Like I was saying, uh, Seahawks at the Panthers. Let's start over on the Seahawks side. Uh, Russell Wilson has been a favorite. He looks like the old Russell Wilson where he's going to turn up in the second half of the season. Uh, I think he's a must-start against the Panthers defense. He's been beatable against the quarterback. Um, Christian McCaffrey, also a must-start. Uh, those two guys, you're not questioning. Let's go over to the wide receiver side. Doug Baldwin finally had a good game last week, finally got a touchdown that he's been craving. Uh, is this a... Is this a breath of fresh air for Doug Baldwin owners? And can they can they count on him not only in this game, but moving forward into the playoffs where he's going to be a big-time piece? I don't love Doug Baldwin this week or Tyler Lockett just because of the offense that the Seahawks run. Both of them don't have super high ceilings. But with that being said, I do think they're both solid wide receiver three options this week. I prefer Baldwin because he was getting back into his old role last week of getting the getting a lot of targets, and he even got red zone looks. Remember back in the day when he scored 14 touchdowns like three years ago? Those days are long gone, but it was nice to see him getting red zone targets last week, and he, there was a lot of missed opportunities between him, him and Russ, and the Panthers are beatable through the air. So I like both of them as a – Baldwin more of a wide receiver two, low end this week, and Lockett as a wide receiver three. Jason? Uh, I prefer Baldwin of the two. 
Last week, he could have had an absolutely gigantic game. Uh, he had 10 targets. He could have had three touchdowns. So I'm, I'm liking Baldwin. He's always been a second-half player. So I think that uh, that's where we're looking at here, similar to Keenan Allen. And Russell Wilson is just – I don't know how Michael Hazard ranked quarterback 13. Michael, if you want to bet that he's not going to be a quarterback one, I'll do that. He's He's been the king of efficiency lately. He's been running a little more. He's basically been between quarterback six and – 10 every single week that's where i have him this week in that area he's gonna give you that i think you can count on that it's not an imposing uh matchup and he's done nothing to show that he's not going to give you those numbers i just it's the offense that's why i'm not that big a fan of russell wilson i mean i have him at quarterback 13 so it's not like i'm saying there's no chance he's a quarterback one there's just other guys that i prefer over him this so season. you're not gonna make that bet 12 and 13 is completely different nick uh, nick vanette and ed dixon are Completely touchdown dependent. So if you're gonna take a risk on those guys, they're touch. They gotta have to score touchdowns. So I actually, throws. I actually ranked Nick Vanette as my 13th tight end this week. I mean, no. that doesn't make him it, these days. It doesn't make him anything more than a dark throw tight end one if he gets TD. I mean, yeah. Well, he scored two of the last three games, and the Panthers get dominated by the tight end every game. So my dark throw of the week is David Moore. I just have a gut feeling about him. Interesting. I, I threw him in as a flex in one of my leagues where I have injuries and buys. Let's go to the Panther side. Um, we talk, I talked about CMC earlier, but Cam Cam Newton, obviously you're starting in this game. Uh, but if you're a Cam Newton owner, how shook are you about the Seahawks defense? They've been solid. I think it's a mix of the Seahawks defense and his um, lack of running recently. I think it's going to be a sneaky – Cam Newton down game. It has that type of potential. If you look at his rushing stats, he hasn't had more than 33 rushing yards in the last three games. He doesn't have any touchdowns on the ground. He's only had four rush attempts in the last two weeks. If you add that Seattle has kept uh, quarterbacks out of the QB1 range all season, Cam Newton's going to have to do something on the ground if he wants to uh, be the Cam Newton we all know and love. Uh what about the pass catching options? DJ Moore comes out and has 157 yards on the touchdown last game, looking like he could take over that number one role. Although there's never really been a number one guy for Cam Newton, so you have to expect you can't expect really anyone to ever be a true number one. Uh, how big of a boomer bust is D- is DJ Moore? So me and Jason were pretty we're fairly even on DJ Moore. He has met 24. I've met 25. The thing is with DJ Moore, yes, he absolutely blew up last week, and it was great to see. But we've seen how low his floor could be in that Panthers pass the ball around offense. And that's something that is why we have him ranked as more of a low-end wide receiver two, wide receiver three, than higher than that. But Funchess, yeah, like you said with Funchess, he basically has disappeared. Over the last four weeks, his best game was four receptions for 44 yards. He hasn't found the end zone. I think he's clearly starting to take a back seat to to, uh, Greg Olson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, all those guys who are – who could be used in different ways. So Funches is not someone I'd be excited about rolling out there by any means. I think it's more of a flex play this week. But DJ Moore, I'd, I'd be happy rolling him out there as wide receiver three. Uh, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? Or Well, we could talk about Greg Olson. Greg Olson, tight end one in this game. I feel like Greg Olson, the last few weeks, he's just proven that he's going to be a little unreliable because if you look, he's not going to be a target monster. But then if you look at a different way, he's going to be a touchdown threat. He's basically afloat with touchdowns. Uh, but in today's tight end landscape, that's something you take. Also, uh, we skipped over Chris Carson. 
in a run-heavy offense. The Panthers are a very, very good defense against the run, but he's getting at least 20 touches, so he's in the running back two mix no matter what. So do you think it's going to be definitely Chris Carson? Or do you think Elijah Penny gets involved? I don't know Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny, excuse me. This is a similar scenario to what I was talking about with Lamar Miller last week where you see backups getting rushes and you think this is spelling doom for the starter. But when in reality they're getting – touches that starters on other teams get it's just that these teams run a little bit more so i'm chris carson is a running back too on this seattle run heavy team it's okay that he concedes a run here and there so how about elijah ben are you taking a shot at him in the flex Rashad, absolutely penny. not Rashad. Uh, i just gotta stop saying his name completely <laughs> just say penny <laughs> yeah. what about mr penny you take you throwing it in I'm, the wall i'm not starting the guy that's gonna get eight rushes yeah i'm not a start a backup running back type of guy all right, let's go over to the Raiders at the Ravens. The Raiders are quickly approaching that territory where we could say start, don't start anyone except the running back. Uh, what's the, John Gruden is saying great things about Jalen Rashard. All of a sudden, he's saying that he could be a, a every down back. He could rush for a thousand yards. Uh, I wouldn't think 20, 20 carries out of the question for him, especially with Doug Martin kind of questionable right now. Um, Jalen Rashard, how do you feel about him this week? And is there anyone else in the Raiders who play outside of him? I mean, last I saw, Doug Martin's expected to play. Uh, it was just a little scare that wasn't too bad. All right, so, you know, keeping my uh, – I, I heard he's going to play too, but, you know, a banged-up old running back. I mean, either way, even if he's not going to play, the Raiders are probably the worst team in the NFL, arguably. And the Ravens' defense is a good one. So I don't want anything to do with anyone on that team. Maybe – Jared Cook, uh, Baltimore. But then there's another way to look at this. What I'm going to say right now, there's two sides. Baltimore's allowed the largest percentage of yards to tight ends. You can look at it and say they give up yards to tight ends. You could also look at it and say they don't give up a lot of yards. So it's inflated, the amount of yards that they give to tight ends. So Jared Cook is the only person I'd want to start on this team. If you're playing full PPR, maybe give Rashard a chance in your flex. He'll get you 10 points. Whoop-de-doo. Michael? I mean, I, I literally feel the same exact way as Jason. Like, my notes are basically everything Jason just said. All right, so let's move on to the Ravens. Uh, let's go to the backfield first. Gus Edwards looks like he's taking over the role. Um, Alex Collins, he's, he ran for a touchdown and then wasn't heard from. Uh, Ty Montgomery still might get involved in this backfield. Is, it, is there any way that in two weeks the Ravens go from a backfield of Alex Collins and Buck Allen to a backfield of Gus Edwards and Ty Montgomery. Well, Ty Montgomery was inactive his first two games of the Ravens. So even if he is active, I don't see him having a big role by any means. But whoever gets the early down work is in a tremendous spot. I'm expecting it to be Gus Edwards because John Harbaugh sang his praises after the game and he just ran. He ran great last week and Lamar Jackson was also, they were calling him Gus the Bus. So it seems like they're, Super excited about him. And the Raiders have given up at least 114 rushing yards in each game since week five. And they're allowing nearly 40 receiving yards a game throwing backs as well. So it's a dream matchup for whoever the lead back is. And it's looking like it's going to be Gus Edwards. So you could fire him up as a, albeit risky, but uh, running back two this week. We talked about possibly them going back to other guys uh, if Joe Flacco comes back. But I don't think we have to worry about that. It looks like the Miller is playing this week. Speaking of Lamar Miller, is he Lamar an option? Jackson, man. Sorry, Lamar Jackson. Speaking of Lamar Jackson, is he a guy that you're going to consider playing? I know Michael is the number one Lamar Jackson hater in this world, but uh, how about you, Jason, someone who with a clear mind on this? 
is Lamar Jackson against a bad Raiders defense. Someone that you're considering. I have him at 11. I'm cool with taking the chance on him. If you look at what he did last week, it wasn't just that he had 112 rushing yards. He went 10 for 12 when he wasn't pressured. So he was able to make uh, easy throws because they were setting him up for easy throws. He was able to make easy throws when he wasn't being pressured. Uh, no team gets less pressure than the Raiders. That's all we ever hear about because they traded Khalil Mack, yada, yada. They don't get pressure. I mean, people repeat it because it's a fact. So if Lamar Jackson's in a clean pocket, if he's running the ball, he can definitely be a quarterback one. Jason, your tone was very much like you were going to say it's a lie, but then you went with facts. Um, yeah, because I'm tired of hearing <laughs> <laughs> it has to be repeated this week. Um, what about those Raven pass catching options? You saw Willie Sneed be the beneficiary of uh, the Jackson experiment. Uh, are you? Can you start Sneed in a wide receiver three flex kind of role? And are you interested at all in their other pass catchers? All three of those. All three of those guys have basically just settled into flex play territories, especially if Lamar Jackson's at the helm. He they. Passed the ball like a third of the time last week. I don't see why anything would really be different. I just, I wouldn't want to trust any of them. I, if I had to take a chance on one of them, it'd be Brown just because he has the big play potential and has created some big plays this year. But it's just, it's kind of a mess. So let's say you're the Mitch Trubisky owner. Let's go back to quarterbacks. And you're looking to stream a quarterback this week. I'm going to give you guys some scenarios and you tell me who you prefer. Uh, Lamar Jackson or Jameis Winston? Winston. Dude, Jameis. Yeah, it's um, not Lamar Jackson or Andy Dalton? Jackson. Lamar. Uh, Lamar Jackson or Nick Mullins against a uh, Tampa Bay team we're about to talk about? Lamar Jackson. Lamar. I have them 17 18, actually. All right, so let's go. Let's move on to that. How uh, can anyone start Nick Mullins over Lamar Jackson? I said I have them 17 18, dude. It's I didn't too say. Close. It. It's too close. You shut I, your mouth on I don't think – look, let's go on to the next one. 49 Nick Mullins is, is not a good play. I don't think that – I think Nick Mullins could be a good play. You're talking about a Buccaneers defense that's the worst in the league by far against against everything. They, they're, they're at the bottom of the league in every single category. I don't care. I Nick, mean, you don't care. He, look at what he's done. Yeah, it was a great story Monday night, but he had a – 80-yard touchdown to George Kittle through the middle of – well, not a, it wasn't a touchdown. He threw it to Kittle after. In the middle of triple coverage, it was a lucky play. He couldn't even put up 15 points on the Giants. We're going to trust him against half Bay. We're going to put him as QB1 in Week 12 when we need to win games. Well, no. I'm just saying. You, you could go for a glory play. I wouldn't put him as a QB1. But I'm saying he's a better play than you might think he might be. No, I would I play him as a QB2 in a two-quarterback league. I'd rather start Cole McCoy. Really interesting. Well, let's get into the, the other weapons. Let's get into those weapons. And Marquise Goodwin, uh, George Kittle, the two guys that stand out in terms of the passing game. Are you considering – obviously, you got to start Kittle, but are you considering Goodwin this week? Uh, Goodwin I like as more of a upside flex play. He's not going to see a lot of targets, but, you know, it's Tampa Bay. So if they do uh, scrub it up like they probably will, it'll probably be Marquise Goodwin catching a deep ball. So I'm cool with – using Goodwin as a flex. Uh, George Kittle is a beast. He's, I think he leads the league in yak for even for even wide receivers. I, I wanna, I'm going to just hop into Matt Breida because I love Matt Breida this week. Oh, man, I, was gonna, I had such a good transition for Matt Breida, and you just shit all over it. You, you can, you can it do it. I want to hear it now. Say, the biggest beneficiary of this 
shitty Buccaneers offense is probably going to be Matt Breida. Michael, why don't you tell us how you feel about Matt Breida this week? Shitty Buccaneers defense, first of all, Tim. You're a, you're a mess today, too. You're almost as big of a mess as the Bills with your words, lingos. Do you know what it is? I wrapped a, a music video earlier today, so my words are all jumbled up. Go check that out, by the way. Veterans At Veterans Minimum on Instagram, no more underscore, Hollis boy. The wrap-up, right? The wrap-up. I haven't even checked that out yet. I got to do it. I was doing Brodo stuff all day today. Yeah, bro. Johnson fires. <laughs> yeah, Jay, go ahead. Matt Burrito. I mean, Matt Burrito literally is always good when he's healthy. If you look at his schedule, you see a bunch of, like, dud games, but he was always playing injured or had to leave the game early. Whenever he's been healthy, he's been a stud. And uh, I think it's more the same. He's coming off a bye. He's probably going to be the healthiest he's been all year. The Bucks have allowed 17 touchdowns to running backs. I have Breed as a back-end RB1 this week. I agree. I, th- I love Breed this week. I'm starting with one of my teams, and I'm very excited about it. Michael, Michael, you agree? Yeah, I have Breed as my running back 13. I think Jason has him at, at 11. Oh. So, yeah, 12. So we're basically even on Matt Breed. I mean, he torched the Giants last week for 130 yards and two touchdowns, and the Bucks are a w- uh, even worse defense. So you're talking about the pass catchers. Marquise Goodwin is the only one I trust is maybe like a flex option. He did go four for 69 last week with Nick Mullins. So he's the only one that maybe I'd give some, leave some hope to. The circus is in town again for the Buccaneers. Jameis Winston takes over again for their fourth quarterback change of the year. Yes, you heard that right. Four quarterback changes, two quarterbacks, only the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, so obviously he's going to be slinging the ball around like everyone does. Payton Barber had a pretty good game last week. Are you trusting him? So, you know, the 49ers are actually a very, very good fantasy run defense and are absolute trash against wide receivers and tight ends. So they get beat through the air, period, done, doodle, bada-bing. The, and the Buccaneers, that's what they do. They pass. They pass the ball. So as much as a Barber train has been rolling the last few weeks and it's been fun, I expect it to slow way down this week, stop at the platform, maybe have a train malfunction. But I'm starting James Winston in a heartbeat. Worst metaphor ever. <laughs> James Winston is my stop quarterback. The platform. Maybe, you know, just have a little malfunction. James Winston. Serial today, bro. What's good? Mean today. James Winston. <laughs> James Winston is my quarterback three on the week. I expect Mike Evans to have a huge game. He's in my top 12 receivers. Djax, Godwin, and Humphreys I all have within my top 50 receivers. They all basically take turns having big games, so it's actually really hard to decide between those three. But I have it in Djax, Godwin, Humphreys as my order. I know Jason's a little different, but I like Djax's big play potential in this one. And uh, I just like all the Buccaneers pass catchers. All right, I'm going to hop in now. First off, I'm just going to say, Michael, let's uh, let's change up the bet. Let's make it Carson Wentz versus Jameis Winston since we both oh, have three. Absolutely. Well, okay, cool. it's a separate bet. Now, um, yeah. No. Oh, okay, fine. Uh, I was going to say I am a – you know, I was looking at the wide receivers this week, and I really hated them, and I said, fuck it, and I'm just going to rank people where I think they're going to go, like a little bit more just not giving a shit more than I usually do, a little less logic this time. And I just threw Adam Humphreys in as my wide receiver 31. I, I just foresee a good week for him. Jameis Winston has always targeted the slot more than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Chris Godwin only ran 11 routes last week playing slightly injured. Uh, Jameis Winston doesn't really connect with Deshaun Jackson. His 
average depth of target to him is half of what Fitzpatrick's is. Uh, so that's why Cameron Brait is now a mid to high end tight end one. OJ Howard's gone. And similar to Brait, Adam Humphreys runs in the middle of the field. Uh, it's not a surprise that Winston's been best when targeting tight ends. He's also been good when targeting slot receivers. I'm a fan of Humphreys this week. All right. So with that being said, let's move over to our next game, the Browns at the Bengals. Let's start on the Browns side. They're coming uh, off a of bye, if I'm not mistaken, and they are – uh, going against a team that has probably the probably been the leakiest pass defense in terms of uh, giving up giant plays and giving up third downs and just generally not being able to get up the field. Uh, is Baker Mayfield a good play in this game? And if he is, then who's your favorite pass catcher of the bunch? Is it Jarvis Landry? Uh, is it David Njoku? Who's the guy that you're playing if you're if you're looking for a Brown? I smell a bet coming on because fuck yeah, Baker Mayfield's a good play. I have him at five, Michael has him at 14. I'm loving the discrepancy here. Uh, If you look at what Baker Mayfield has done this season, uh, besides the good game that he had against Baltimore, if you look at all the other games that he's played, that he scored at least 18 points, it's been against Kansas City, Atlanta, and Tampa Bay. These are good matchups for him. It's another great matchup here. He produces when the matchups are there. I expect his targets to go to Jarvis Landry. Cincinnati's a, bo- a bottom five in fantasy points allowed to slot receivers. Jarvis Landry should be able to connect with Baker Mayfield a little more than he has been. And Duke Johnson's been a great part of that offense since uh, Freddie Kitchens took over. I also expect Nick Chubb to run wild. So uh, of this offense, I'm liking Chubb, Duke, and Landry. And Joku only has six total targets in two games under Freddie Kitchens. He's more of a uh, like back end tight end one where you're just saying, well, let's hope he shows up in a good matchup, but he could also shit the bed. Yeah. The, the people who have, who kind of penciled in David and Joko as their starting tight end are kind of fucked at this point right now. Uh, Michael, are you considering Rashad Higgins at all? Or is, do you think that like Jason, those are the guys to play? No, I'm not going with Higgins. I, yeah. I like Duke Johnson a lot. I'm actually not high on Jarvis Landry this week, despite what seems like a great matchup. Cause the Bengals have actually been, Above average fantasy-wise and guarding wide receivers, they've been getting beat very much so by running backs and tight ends. So I do like David Njoku more so this week than Jason does. And I like Chubb and Duke Johnson out of the backfield to have very big games. We're, we're both very high on Chubb. We have him in top 10 of our running backs. Jay, I already wrote down, you say Mayfield top 10 quarterback. I don't. It's already written down as a bet. All right. You fine. Like you're giving him that many spaces, bro? Yeah. I don't yeah, back down, kid. Okay, I like it. Uh, let's go over to the Bengals side. Uh, it, AJ Green, there's been a lot of reports that say he might come back, but it's like I heard a lot of people saying that uh, Marvin Lewis likes to do this and just kind of give out false reports. And the, the more you hear about how good Bengals are do, doing, the less likely they are to play. So monitor that because AJ Green is a giant part of the offense. But let's make believe AJ Green is not playing. Tyler Boyd's production has gone significantly down the two games that Tyler, that, um, He's been by himself in the number one kind of target. Oh, but the matchups have been harder. Against the Browns, that's a beatable defense. Do you think that Tyler Boyd has any has the potential to be that wide receiver two that he was in the beginning of the year this year, this week? If you look at his numbers, he's been a wide receiver three since AJ Green went out. It's been uh unexciting and uneventful, but he's putting up numbers where he's your wide receiver three is probably what you got him as off your waiver wire. So it's entirely reasonable to think that he can be a wide receiver too this week. He just has to produce a little more. Uh, if AJ Green's back, it'll take a little bit more off his plate. And if um, even if AJ Green is out, 
as you mentioned, the Cleveland defense hasn't been great recently. It's been it's uh, very fatigued and dealing with some injuries. So I'm firing up Boyd as I have been recently. Michael, Michael, are you starting anyone like John Ross in this game? Oh, no. No way at all. What about Andy Dalton? Is he a streamer for you? Nope, not at all either. The Browns are an underrated defense, I think, and they're coming out of a bye after they've been they've run by far the most plays their defense of any other team. So it was a much needed bye. So I'm not I, I think I like Tyler Boyd more if AJ Green does play. But I'm hoping that he does if for for Boyd owners and for AJ Green owners, because that would be better overall for their offense. Dalton would move up if that was the case if Green does play, but for now, no chance. It's crazy what the numbers are like for Andy Dalton with and without AJ Green. Uh, that guy makes a difference in, in Andy Dalton's life. Let's go to the backfield. Joe Mixon has been largely disappointing despite seeing so many targets and uh, market share. Rush is uh, not targets. I, I, what I meant is touches, uh, actually. But, yeah, uh, his market share has been giant, but he hasn't been doing anything with it. Uh, are you still – I know you two have hated Joe Mixon since day one. You guys were uh, some of the few people to say do not draft Joe Mixon where he was going. Uh, so, I mean, how do you feel about him in this particular matchup? Let's start, mean, with, let's start with you, Jay. Even when he was uh, excelling earlier in the season, I still wouldn't let up on my hate for him. And it's starting to it, – it's coming to fruition recently. I've been talking about how he's not involved in the pass game and he's been struggling on the ground. So he has not been very productive for fantasy purposes. I think that if you have Mixon this week, though, you can expect a little bit uh, better. The last two games have been against New Orleans and Baltimore. It's tough matchups on the ground. And – Coming in against Cleveland, Cleveland's allowed 12 rushing touchdowns to running backs. That's bottom five in the league. So Mixon uh, will have a little bit more room to operate. He should be better than he has been the last two weeks. Uh, anyone else in this game you want to mention up, Michael? No. CJ Uzoma is basically out of the tight end one mix. So Yeah, he, he's not being used at all. All right, let's go over to the Patriots at the Jets. The Jets always play the Patriots tough. Uh, traditional thinking will probably be like, oh, look at this. Juicy matchup for the Patriots, but the Jets defense has been all right coming off a bye, although the Patriots are also coming off a bye. Um, the Patriots haven't looked like the Patriots lately. Do you think these uh, these ailments will be cured? Let's start with Tom Brady. He's been a guy who has been shitting the bed for a lot of people, has been not producing fantasy-wise. Uh, where is Tom Brady on your list of quarterbacks this week? This is going to be a week of disappointment for the Patriots, I believe. Uh, I think that they're just going to come out to a lead and then – Ride Sony Michelle. Uh, Tom Brady has thrown five touchdowns in the last five games. I have been ranked outside of the QB ones. I'm not starting him. I just think that, I mean, f first off, he hasn't been great. Second off, he might is not going to need to see a lot of volume with the Jets' offense being as bad as it, as it has been lately. But I also like, I mean, you can't not like Edelman. He's going to give you 15 points even if he doesn't score a touchdown. Josh Gordon's been a reliable wide receiver three. Gronk is coming back, probably going to finally be healthy off the bye. Sony Michelle's expected to get a lot of work. I'm expecting to get a lot of work, at least. James White's been a stud. So there's going to be disappointment around New England. All these people can't have good games if I'm expecting Tom Brady to not have a great game. But with that being said, you don't know who is going to be. And right now, all these guys need to be started as strong plays because that's what they are. The Jets have a pretty good secondary. They haven't played like it as of late. But that's a lot because of the offense. But I think... It's James White and Sonny Michelle's show. I think they get it started with James White out of the backfield and they finish it off with Sonny Michelle like, like Jason does. 
Uh, Michael, who are your favorites in this game, and are there any Patriots that you're considering sitting? Uh, I, I love Julian Edelman this week going against Buster Screen in the slot. The Jets have been torched in the slot, so I have him as my wide receiver 13, I believe, so just outside the top 12. So you are high on him. Yeah, and uh, Josh Gordon, I don't love him as much as others do. I do have him in a wide receiver two mix just because of the – after the top, like, 12 wide receivers, it's really – it's not – it's pretty ugly. So, But I do think Mo Claiborne does a good job on him this week. And uh, with Gronk back, Gronk should eat some targets, although J- Jamal Adams has locked down tight ends this year, so it's not a great matchup for Gronk. But if you have him, you're probably starting him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – it's kind of tough to trust Sony Michelle as what he was before his injury yet because he only had 11 carries last week and we saw Cordero Patterson stealing rushes from him. But hopefully he's fully healthy back off his off the bye week. So I'll still take the risk on him as a running back too in a game where I expect him to get a good amount of rushes. Let's go over to the Jets side right now. Not sure whether it's going to be Sam Darnold or Josh McCown at quarterback, and also not sure if Robbie Anderson is going to play. Keep an eye on both those. I think those Robbie Anderson is really the only person I'm talking about here. Do you think there's any Jets here that you would love to play? Maybe Isaiah Kroll? Like I, what Jets are you consider? It's Bills to part two right now because sit those Jets. I don't yeah. want to start any of them. Michael? Yeah, I don't like either of them either. Elijah McGuire has PPR flex appeal, but not not anything to be excited about. And Robbie Anderson has a big play potential if he can play, but just as a low-end dart throw flex option. Uh, let's go over to probably the most surprising thing that people don't know is that the Arizona Char- Cardinals have a really good defense. They take on the Chargers. So let's talk about that Chargers offense because they're going against that good defense. Uh, Phillip Rivers... Uh, he did not look his best. He hasn't looked his best the last couple of weeks. So is that something you're concerned about? And does that concern spread out to the pass catchers? Michael, I'll start with you. It's not – the only pass catchers I really like for the Chargers this week is Keenan Allen. So not even pass catchers, pass catcher. The Cardinals get beat badly by running backs and are actually – Above average everywhere else, especially tight end. So Antonio Gates is not somebody you could trust by any means. But uh, Keenan Allen gets to go on the slot where the where the uh, Cardinals get beat when through the air. So I'm not trusting Tyrell Williams, who's going to be or Mike Williams, who are going to be probably taking turns lined up against Patrick Peterson. I do like Keenan Allen a lot in the slot. I absolutely love Melvin Gordon. He's my number one or two running back this week. He's my number one running back this week. He's our consensus number one because the Cardinals are actually atrocious against running backs. They allow 128 rushing yards and 42 receiving yards a game and have allowed 13 running back touchdowns. So I think this is more of a Melvin Gordon blow-up type game and Keenan Allen and Phillip Rivers mixing in as well, but not any of the secondary guys who could have big games here and there. You think – Austin Eckler is is at the I want to say I was gonna say at the risk of having a great game, but at the opposite of a risk of having a great game. Like it, since they're so so susceptible to running backs, do you think it's two running backs instead of one? If it's gonna be any week, it'll be this week. But we've seen Eckler dwindle down a lot since the beginning of the year. Yeah, we have. So he's not someone I'd be happy about trusting. He's my thirty sixth running back. Jason didn't rank him in the top forty, so that's how we feel about Eckler. I, I agree with everything Michael said. I have Rivers outside. 
I have Rivers outside my uh, quarterback ones just because of what I think will be a volume issue. He's thrown two touchdowns every game. He's a safe option, but I think it's going to be a Melgo game. All right, let's go over to the Cardinal side. Uh, my Johnny texted the group chat and he said, uh, "Tim, your offensive MVP of the year this year this year is Byron Leftwich because you see him getting David Johnson involved. I'm a David Johnson owner. You see him getting David Johnson involved. He's someone that has become a running back one, maybe not the level you expected, but at least a running back one since." Uh, his taking over. So, David Johnson, uh, how do you feel about him this week? And Larry Fitzgerald catches another touchdown. He doesn't get much work, but he does catch another touchdown. Christian Kirk uh, gets a long touchdown reception. How are you feeling about the Cardinals' offensive weapons in this one? It's tough not to like uh, <clears throat> DJ uh, DJ Johnson as a – what's it called? But David Johnson, one. DJ. I wrote DJ, so I'm saying DJ Johnson. I just had a brain fart. It's tough not to love DJ as an RB1 with the way Byron Leftwich has been using him. Uh, I'd like to see him get involved in the pass game a bit more. It'll be good to see him do it potentially this game. Uh, the Chargers, only Atlanta's really been worse against receiving backs this year, so that's uh, something good to sit on for DJ for a little bit of a safer floor. When it comes to the receivers, Fitz has been safer. Uh, I like him as a wide receiver three this week. Rosen's been using him. They're basically running the Bruce Arians offense type again, just a little different. Christian Kirk is a little more def- dependent on the long ball. He's he's basically been Calvin Ridley without the uh, publicity of it. He either goes off and scores a touchdown or he doesn't really do much. So I don't love Kirk as more than a flex play. Let's go over to the Steelers at the Broncos, our next matchup. Let's start over with the Steelers. Uh, look, it's hard to sit Steelers. Uh, the, the sales position players that you're going to play usually play every week. Uh, Antonio Brown, you're going to play. You're going to play Juju, and you're going to play James Conner. What are your expectations for these guys? Yeah, I'm with you. The Broncos are basically below average all around fantasy-wise. Every position does well against them slightly more than others. So, I mean, I'm starting basically everyone. I like Big Ben as a lower-end QB1. I do think he ends at the QB1 this week. Jason's a little lower on him. I have him as my quarterback eight. Oh, Jason has my quarterback nine, actually. I thought Jason was lower on him. So I'm definitely playing him. AB, I think he has huge game potential here. Juju is the only one I'm a little less happy about having to go against Chris Harris. But KA got his, Keenan Allen, last week in the slot against Chris Harris. So he can be beaten. But the Broncos' defense has actually been a lot better against the run lately. They haven't had a, They have not allowed 100 yards rushing or a rushing touchdown since week six. And only one running back receiving touchdowns during that time. So James Conner is going to have work to do this week, but I do think he bounces back in a big way. He's torched teams like the Ravens, who are usually good, great against the run, but can't stop him. Any worry about James Conner? Uh, the fact that Le'Veon Bell is officially out and not coming back, and the job is officially his. Any chance that he has cold feet? No. No. All right, just putting that out there. Um, let's go over to the Broncos side. Uh, they face over against a Steelers defense that has had its ups and had its downs. Uh, Cortland Sutton kind of has been mediocre since picking him up, but we mentioned that these two matchups weren't the most perfect matchups for him. This is a much better matchup. Is this the week Cortland Sutton finally breaks out? Uh, it's not necessarily a better matchup. If you look at what Pittsburgh's done since week four, they haven't allowed a wide receiver to go past 85 yards. And they've also been very good at limiting touchdowns to wide receivers. 
uh, because of bye weeks and really just the ugliness of the wide receivers right now. If you try to rank wide receivers, you're going to realize that they get pretty bad pretty quickly. Uh, Sanders is still a wide receiver too, and I'll be a back end in my eyes. And um, Corlin Sutton is still a wide receiver three option, but I just think that both of them, they'll have the opportunity. They should have the opportunity to put up the numbers. That's why I'm ranking them where I rank them. But I wouldn't be surprised if they disappointed a bit in this game. Uh, Philip Lindsay uh, has is he's a beast. He's an absolute monster. Um, Royce Freeman got a touchdown. Uh, in terms of the running game, is Royce Freeman a guy that you could take a chance on? Possibly, maybe. And uh, Philip Lindsay, what's your outlook on him this week? No, he Royce Freeman is super super touchdown dependent, so I'm not touching him. Philip Lindsay has shown every time he gets the ball, he's super effective. He's super efficient. He he leads the league in a lot of categories, such as like yards per carry and things of that sort. After contact, he's a beast. He's been great all year. So Sanders and Lindsay are the only ones I'm confidently rolling out there. Jason likes Tutton a little more than I do. The, so. the Steelers also haven't given up many points uh, to the running back in the bottom third of the league in points against to running backs. I want to touch on my bo- uh, my boy Jeff Hewerman because. He disappointed last week, only around 20 yards, but he still did it on around four catches, five targets. He's getting most of the work that DT was getting. So it's still someone that I'm looking at as a potential water uh, tight end one. Yeah, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh actually had the fifth most – have given up the fifth most receptions to tight ends, over 62 yards a game, and they've given up four touchdowns. Vance McDonald also, uh, we have him as our tight end 11. We skipped over him. The Broncos are allowing over four receptions, 64 yards, and half a touchdown per game to opposing tight ends. So it's pointing up for Vance McDonald this week as well. And he's had two straight games with a tight end, uh, with a touchdown, not a tight end. He's been a tight end every single week. <laughs> uh, I have Jack Doyle and Vance McDonald in one league, and I just the decision between who to start between Jack Doyle and Vance McDonald is probably like my hardest decision that I make every week, just in general. In life. To be honest, I wouldn't even question it. And you start Jack Doyle? I'd start Jack Doyle every week. I, I there's gonna be weeks. Well, it's been it's been the wrong. Deci- I've done that. And it's been the wrong decision the last two weeks. I mean, I'm aware that McDonald can outscore him, but I'm still starting Doyle every week. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm probably gonna start Doyle this week. I'll probably be wrong again. All right, let's go over to the uh, Dolphins at the Colts. That is our. We're coming down the home stretch here. Three more games left. Uh, let's start with the Colts because they're just more exciting in general. Uh, that offense is absolutely rolling. E Breezy got a big fat donut. Uh, we told you on this show, although everyone was falling in love with him, that he is not the main target. He's really touchdown dependent. Did not get a single look in the last game. Does that change versus the Dolphins? How do you like the Colts tight ends? I absolutely love the Colts tight ends this week. I have them both as top eight options. Wow. So I'm usually not an Eric Ebron guy, but I am a Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron guy big time this week. Actually, I have Eric Ebron at seven and Jack Doyle at six. So back to back. Because I do think Jack Doyle has a big game. I also think Eric Ebron catches a touchdown. They give up – the Dolphins are bad against the tight end. They give up over four receptions a game to tight ends, over 50 yards. They've given up a touchdown in half their games to a tight end. And we vote, we all know that the, the Colts have a big-time tight end-style offense. So I think they both are very startable assets this week. Jason? I'm not loving Ebron. The guy doesn't see enough. He doesn't see enough work. I mean, I can't trust someone who's either going to catch a touchdown or do nothing. I Let's love. Talk about, sorry, 
but I, I love Doyle. Let's talk about <laughs> Ty. Let's talk about Ty Hilton. Uh, Ty Hilton finally had the breakout game that everyone was looking for, and not for nothing, here comes the sleeper candidate that I've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Dontrell Inman caught a touchdown. Uh, how do you feel about the Colts' passing options against a, a Dolphins defense that has been very, very beatable since the beginning of the season? Yo, if Andrew Luck, it's been five games since he's been sacked. If the offensive line continues to play the way he is, he they are playing, T.Y. Hilton is going to blow up over the end of the, the year because if he is able to run the downfield routes as he did last week where he had nine receptions, 150 yards, and two touchdowns, I mean, he's just going to be—he's going to be putting up huge numbers every week. As long as Andrew Luck has that long to throw, Ty Hilton is going to be a big-time part of their of their offense, and it's going to be—it's going to be glorious for Ty Hilton owners. Yeah, I'm not trying too much away from the Xavier and Howard. Um, it's it's a bad matchup for sure, but Ty Hilton just been great. He's seen at like 25% of the targets for the Colts the last two weeks. So you need to stick with T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I mean, I guess Tim's excited about Dontrell Inman. Uh, I, you can put him in your flex. I have him at 42. The water, Sure. Guys, I apologize if you're hearing clicks because I'm on my on my computer, so I'm really close. But Jason just wrote in the side chat, Tim, if you keep clicking like that, I'm going to record it and set it as your alarm and play it at 4 a.m. <laughs> if you didn't know it was coming, just you wake up to click. <laughs> so I guess I'm clicking loud. I like I have no idea. So you sorry. can tell it's irritating me. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, everything's irritating you. Someone put someone like this guy needs to like. We got yeah. to talk to Roxanne. Tell her can of corn. Can of corn. I'll be fine. I'm. I'm gonna go get you a beer after the game. Yeah, go go catch a beer, bro. Go get a beer. Go for it. All right. Well, I'm ed- I'm cutting the video. I mean the the audio today, so you don't have to cut the audio. Your life is good. Chilling, killing. Buy me a uh, beer, bro. Andrew Luck. Uh, against the Dolphins, you got to play him and be. Oh yeah, about it. he's our second quarterback this week. He's been yeah. too good. Uh, in the beginning of the year, he was just being carried by volume, but since then, he's legitimately just been one of the most efficient quarterbacks, like on a Russell Wilson type level with volume. So it's just a, a great world right now for Andrew Luck. Anyone else in the Colts you'd like to talk about? Marlon Mack. He's Mo Ali Cox. Oh right. Marlon Mack, not Mo Cox. Marlon Mack has come back down to earth over the past couple games where after he had huge matchups and great uh, and great matchups. This week he does get another very solid matchup against the Dolphins, so I do think he bounces back and has a very solid game. I wouldn't expect huge numbers, but I do think he's a very solid high-end running back too this week. I, I love Marlon Mack this week. Miami's bottom five in the league in rushing yards. And uh, he's been pretty good. Max has been good in good matchups, pretty bad in bad ones. Uh, you can tell, so really, when Max going to excel. I think it's a week where he's going to excel, especially if the Colts go up 21-zip like they should against the, Dol- the Dolphins. Yeah, so, you know, Marlon Mack is that guy who's talented enough to do great against bad teams and just just is missing the that next level to do good against good teams. So, yeah, start him in this one. Let's go over to the Dolphins side. Um, Frank Gore revenge game? Come on. I, I'm not starting a single Dolphin except Kenny on Drake at a flex capacity. That's about it. Uh, 
I would have liked Amendola more than I do if Tannehill wasn't coming back. He was a steady wide receiver three with Osweiler. Tannehill might look to spread it around a little bit more. But Kenyon Drake, I feel like, is a decent back in RB2 play this week. I know he's always a risky person to start, but if you look at what he's done this season, it's always been against the teams that they're losing against. Uh, the Dolphins should be losing. He's the pass catching back, so I wouldn't be surprised if he put up like 70 receiving yards this week. I've got a feeling about Frank Gore. I don't know. I would play Frank Gore in my flex spot this week. Uh, that's, the, that's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Let's move over to the NFC North matchup, the Packers at the Vikings. Um, let's start with the Pack. The Pack has been been, been very much middle of the Pack uh, in terms of offense this year. The, not the fireworks you expect, but one guy that has benefited greatly from this vanilla offense is Devontae Adams. They force him the ball, and this year, look, Xavier Rhodes usually be Count him as one of those shutdown corners. He's not had a good year. PFF has him ranked uh, in the 50s out of 90 cornerbacks they're ranking. So uh, right in the middle of the pack. Um, I'm starting Devontae Adams, and I'm not really looking back, and I'm liking it. Uh, in terms of pass catchers for the Packers, uh, what's your outlook this week? If you look at Aaron Rodgers' past, uh, specifically against the Mike Zimmer-led Vikings, he's put up 20 points one time. Uh, if you look at Devontae Adams, he's had more than 70 yards one time. No, he's never had more than 70 yards, sorry. But he's always a threat for a touchdown, so you have to keep firing him up. Aaron Rodgers, I'm not as high on. I have him as quarterback 10, I think, uh, on the road in Minnesota. He just he hasn't been great this season, and a lot of it has to do with the team that he's playing with. I think that uh, Valdez Scandling is more of a wide receiver three flex play uh, with a lot of potential for bust ability if that's a word uh the jimmy jimmy graham might play with a broken thumb uh if that's the case are you excited to start jimmy graham michael we were i mean you know you know me bro i'm never excited about starting jimmy graham we weren't uh, even excited when he had a, a good thumb yeah so no is the answer to that but i mean there's if you have him you might need to start him but i'd rather go pick up someone like cameron Brait if he's still available in a league and start jimmy graham Anyone else in the Packers uh, receiving core you'd like to talk about before he transitions to running backs? Uh, no, start DA, and like Jason said, scant fall to scantling is pretty risky. Randall Cobb practiced today. If Randall Cobb can play, is he someone you're considering? No <laughs> shot. Outside of the 50-yard touchdown week one, he's been absolute garbage. Yep. I think he might get reinvolved in this offense. It's kind of been stagnant. I, would, I wouldn't start him this week, but, you know, if it, there's a lot of leagues out there where probably Randall Cobb's available to to grab, to scoop him up, see what happens, because obviously that Packers, they, they need something. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be looking for his old friends. Yeah. Uh, let's let's go over to the Viking side. Running back. Oh, Aaron Jones. Right, Aaron Jones. I mean, this, <laughs> the Vikings have been pretty good. Uh, not great, but pretty good. Let, let me see their exact. Oh, they've been they've been great against. Let's see their exact efficiency. They've been much better against running backs than any other position. Well, out of the backfield in the pass catching, they're 31st in efficiency. So they haven't been good at the pass catching. Aaron Jones has gotten gotten it there, but they've been great against uh on against I'm sorry, running backs on the ground. Do you think that I, I kind of think that Aaron Jones, as long as he gets work, will always have a good game because you can never put an extra man in the box against Aaron Rodgers. So I just think that he's like a default good game. I think he's one of the better, safer floors. 
uh, as of right now. How are you guys feeling about Aaron Jones? Yeah, he he's basically supplanted himself as such a big part of the Packers game plan that he's matchup uh, proof. He he was he's gotten at least seventeen touches the last two games. He has three touchdowns in that span. He gets he catches passes. He runs the ball. He runs the ball well. So even though it's more of a tough matchup for him this week, I I do like him very much as a high end running back too, or low end RB one. Uh, let's go over to the Vikings side. Let's start with the pass catching options. Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen has slowed down tremendously in the last two games, and Stefan Diggs has kind of picked up where that left off. Do you think the transition from from Thielen to Diggs is becoming more permanent as the year goes on? And if not, how do you feel about these guys going forward? Uh, in I mean, this team? not at all. I don't think there's a transition happening at all. The first time Thielen had a bad game, it was when Diggs was out and they ran – they passed the ball like 18 times because of that, just how the game flow went. Last week, Thielen got 12 targets. Cousins just wasn't uh, hitting him, and Cousins just had a bad game overall. And the Packers, they're solid against the run fantasy-wise. They are average against tight ends. They get beat by wide receivers. That's just how it's been going this year. So I'm firing up Thielen and Diggs, and I'm loving it this week. I have them both as wide receiver ones. I think they both have great fantasy days. Jason? I mentioned last week that Green Bay's defense is above average at home and absolutely dreadful on the road. They are on the road, so I'm liking um, – I even like Cousins as a back-end quarterback one, even though he's been mostly disappointing this year. If you look at what happened last week against Green Bay, Doug Baldwin could have had a 150-yard three-touchdown game. So I'm firing up Adam Thielen on all cylinders. Stephon Diggs has two straight games of double-digit catchers. He scored in his last four meetings against Green Bay. I'm starting all of them. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, I can't trust as a tight end one anymore. He's not really involved. And when it comes to Dalvin Cook, Green Bay's allowed a running back two or better in four straight games. Uh, Dalvin Cook has been about as inconsistent as they come. Uh, I expect if the Packers do score in this game, they're not going to run much. So I think that Dalvin Cook's floor in this game is pretty low. He's a, I think he's a back-end running back two because uh, the Packers' defense is worse at home, and he should. He played 88% of the snaps last week. He just disappointed so many times this year. I don't see how you can put your eggs in his basket if you have other guys like Aaron Jones. Ah, Dalvin Cook is one of those guys. He's like he's like the salad at Thanksgiving dinner. Like you don't want to eat him, but you gotta. It's like you, you don't want to play him, but he's Dalvin Cook. You spend your draft capital on him. You, you gotta play him at least in, in, at least in your flex. Got to. I mean, I'm starting Gus Edwards over Dalvin Cook this week. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, let's see if that pays off for Michael. Uh, let's go over uh, to the quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Jason uh, talking about Kirky. Kirky Kirk, Captain Kirk. How do you feel about him, Michael? Uh, me and Jason have similar feelings about Captain Kirk. This is a better game for him than – I mean, he's obviously been disappointing, but this is a pretty solid game. We have him as our QB9 overall. Kyle Rudolph has fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. Don't where, start where, Don't start Kyle Rudolph. Where, is my Kyle Rudolph? Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's go to the Monday night game, our final game on the docket, the Titans at the Texans. The Titans yeah. looking like, man, it seems like the Titans every year, they go on a little run, and just when you start to believe in them, they shit the bed. They're like professional bed shitters. Um, and Marcus Mariota might not play in this game, uh, so that's something you have to keep an eye on. If he doesn't play, then I'm passing on all the Titans. 
I'm, I'm tempted to pass on all the Titans already because the Texans' defense has been that good the past five weeks. Yeah, I'm with you, Tim. The Texans' defense has been great, especially against wide receivers this year, especially of late. So I am not excited at all about any Titans players. I'm not excited at all about Corey Davis, not Deion Lewis, not Derrick Henry. Uh, definitely not Gabbert if he plays, not Mariota if he plays. There's no no one to be excited about. All right, I'm going to hop in because we, we've talked about the Titans. That we don't like them. Corey Davis don't start him. He's a scrub. Okay, I need to get to this real quick because it's hilarious. Tim, where where do you think Deshaun Watson should be ranked this week? Just off the top, I know I know you don't make rankings. Yeah, I know, but I, I mean the Titans are a pretty good defense. I, I mean ninth ish. I have him at sixteen. Michael has him at five. Yep, at sixteen. Probably well, from, right. That's just, dude. Same just that that besides the game that Deshaun Watson put up five touchdowns against Miami, he has not been a quarterback one. Dude, you're at 16 is a joke. Yo, look at his numbers. 8 points, 11, 30, 20, 11. If you look at his pass attempts, he hasn't passed over 25 times in five weeks. If you look at his passing yards, he hasn't passed for over 213 yards since week five. Why is week 16 a joke? Dude, they're at home against the Titans, who are great against running backs. Deshaun Watson is going to have to pass the ball. They get beat on long passes on a weekly basis. That is the Titans. So, I mean, Nuke is going to have a huge game. I love Kiki QT out of the slot. Like, I don't understand how you could have Nuke and Kiki QT as high as you do and still think Deshaun Watson is going to be 16th. I mean, it could happen. It's happened before. Nuke and Kiki QT are wide receivers one and three every week, even when Watson isn't a quarterback one. What about Demarius Thomas, though? He put up a freaking donut last game. There's no way he could possibly put up another donut, can he? Dude, DT is trash. He's come been on. he's but, been really bad all year. What do you mean? Come on. But as a but zero, but to put up zero, he's not gonna do that again, is he? If you change sure, separation and if he drop passes. Well, what are you are gonna start him? Get forty yards instead? No. I mean that's true, but I mean some people are desperate out there. They need to start has, him. So, so who would you receptions. start? So let's say would you start Marquise Goodwin over him? I would. Yeah, I like QT over both those guys. What about Willie Sneed? We start Willie Sneed over him, over DT. Yeah, uh, I'd probably go DT if it was those two. What about Robbie Anderson if Josh McCown plays? Probably take a shot on Robbie. Yeah. Oh, so you guys are really down on DT. Uh, let's go to the backfield. Lamar Miller and Alfred Blue have basically been splitting carries evenly the past few games. Um, oh, that's 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 true. I'm I'm I. That is my mistake, ladies and gentlemen, my bet. Um, yeah, so the Miller kind of took over the backfield again. Uh, how do you see that shaking out against a Titans team that's been super good against running backs? Uh, I mean, he's going to be a volume-based back-end RB2 like usual. He's been playing better lately. He, it seemed his entire career that he's better when other people are getting carries with him. So, and uh, it, it is a tough matchup, though, Tennessee. They were great against the run until Philip Lindsay lit them up last week. But Lamar Miller's been involved. Uh, he's been getting a little bit more passing work lately. If Tennessee takes, if if the Texans take a lead like they should, he'll get some clock burning work. So he'll rack up some yards there, even if he's has a low yak on the day. So I mean yards per rush on the day. So uh, I'm cool with Miller as like a back and running back to flex play. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? 
think no, uh, no Joey Smith love. No Jody Smith love <laughs> at all, kid. Nope. All right, guys. So that is our uh, episode. We actually kind of kept that to a decent time. I'm proud of us. Um, Michael, where can they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. Jason, where can they find you? Jason Patrop. You can find all of us at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter. You can find us at BrodoFantasy.com. You can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're real, real, real frisky. Uh, we're, we're giving this out post-Thanksgiving, but I'm still going to say Happy Thanksgiving. I hope everyone had a Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Black Friday. Stay safe out there, people. Uh, try not to trample each other. And with that being said, I hope you trample your fantasy opponents with our advice. We'll see you next week. This is the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. Uh, and we're out. Later.